Chapter 9. Active Duty Good. Again. Ugh, said Garen Muln, forsaking Jedi stoicism. He was only a learner, after all. With Herculean effort, he assumed the opening stance of the Soriso Kata once again. Your uncle's a damn slave driver, Obi, he panted at his classmate. Next to Garen, Obi-Wan was lunged forward in an identical stance, arms shaking, legs aching, trying very hard to ignore the bead of sweat that was tickling its way down his neck. Don't blame me, which was of course a suggestion containing a whole manner of existential conundrums. Nevertheless, this was Master Drellix doing. Padawan Ferran, keep your arms straight, that's it. Ben's voice made its rounds around the assembly of junior apprentices as they began the umpteenth repetition of the kata. It wasn't a particularly difficult kata, but it was an incredibly long one. It was meant to build endurance, resilience. These were cornerstones of the third form, and thus cornerstones of one of its more infamous lower-level exercises. Master practitioner that he was, Ben had made it look incredibly easy in his demonstration run earlier that morning. Now in the trenches, his young charges were beginning to learn the lesson of the kata through raw, painful experience. Well, you were the one... Garen paused as the kata took them into a wide turn, and then resumed when he was back in earshot. Who made Master Dralik mad? He wasn't mad, you Gundark. Obi-Wan, equally eloquent, was gritting his teeth in an effort to keep himself from faltering. He just had a spar. Yes, and you let him whip your ass so thoroughly that now... Another brief turn, flip, slash, turn, back again. They've made friends. Stop blaming me. I will blame you. Padawan Moon, Padawan Kenobi. Ben's voice materialized next to them, and Garen tried to cover up his full-body flinch as a precursor to his next half-turn. Sarisa is a discipline of the body, not the tongue. The tongue is part of the body, quipped Obi-Wan before he could stop himself. The recently appointed Sabermaster seemed amused by this. So it is. If only the rest of your body were as fit as your tongue, you may yet be able to perform the kata correctly. Seeing as you are not lacking for energy to feed your tongue, I think you can easily handle another repetition. Garen groaned loudly. Ben raised a brow. More to say, Padawan Mulm? Oh, he had plenty to say. Most of it would get him put under censure, or expelled, or whatever they did to junior Padawans who cursed at senior-ranking Jedi Masters as extensively and emphatically as Garen wished to. Eventually, he grit out a, No, Master. Good. Ben had the audacity to smile at him before turning back to the head of the large dojo. He crossed his arms and watched his small squadron of Padawans struggle through the second half of the kata. The second their feet hit the floor and the ending note of the dance, Ben raised his voice. Again, he called. Groans echoed around the room, and Ben ignored them completely. Many of the Padawans glared at him. He ignored this as well. It was about two-thirds the way through this repetition that Grant Keller collapsed from exhaustion. Ben went over and helped him move to the side of the dojo. Dozens of eyes followed them, and the master cast a look over his shoulder. Keep going, he told the other students, who exchanged looks before continuing on with the kata. Within minutes, another padawan had fallen down, and another. Ben helped each of them to the edges of the room, where they rested and drank water. The master stayed closer to the group now, watching waiting, expecting. The apprentices who were still moving through the motions cast fervent looks at each other. Oh, so that's how this was going to work. Damn it, hissed Garen to himself, drenched in sweat. Damn it, damn it, damn it. 
The other Padawans were cracking too, groaning here, cursing there. One Padawan collapsed before he actually had to. Ben did not offer to help him to the side of the room, where he gorged himself on water. No sooner had the remnant group stepped down on the final motion than Ben had opened his mouth. Again. Obi-Wan bit back a small cry as his arms turned to fire, lifting up for one, two, three-striked motion and down and back into a loop. Turn, pivot, towards his left, where Garen was doing the exact same thud. Garen hissed in pain as his shoulder bore the brunt of his fall. Ben was there, now gentler than he'd been all morning. Fantastic work, Padawan Wolm, he praised quietly. Go rest. Padawan Henza will get you some water. Which was all well and good for Garen, but Obi-Wan was still moving, somehow, and still hurting. Only half a dozen or so Padawans were left, and the dojo was silent, save for the heavy breathing of those on the sidelines and the pained grunts of those still in the kata. Ben watched it all with a quiet eye. Again, he chorused, just as he had before. And they began again. A thud here, a thud there. Quiet encouragement, panting. Obi-Wan couldn't have paid attention to it if he tried. The kata was too demanding, too punishing to pay attention to anything else now. These were such simple moves, he thought in aggravation. There were poses and turns that younglings knew. But they were arranged in a long, never-ending stream, repeated with merciless simplicity. One by one, each motion laid a stone brick upon his shoulders until he wondered how he'd not been crushed. Again, Ben said, though Obi-Wan wasn't sure from where. His eyes were closed now, focusing on the movements, his steps. Not his muscles, for they hurt too much to think about, or even his breathing, which had become a ragged, heavy background noise. There was the kata, and only the kata. Simple, painful, never-ending. Again. Sweet force, how long could he keep this up? How long could anyone keep this up? Obi-Wan would surely like to know how many repetitions Ben could keep up, or Qui-Gon, or Yoda. He felt himself stumble through the second half. Again. Muscle memory served the Jedi well. Obi-Wan did not think about where he was putting his feet this time, how his arms moved. He did think about how surreal the numbness felt. He did think about how simple each step was, how evenly they panned out. He even thought that, for a moment, he could feel a tendril of something extending from the vastness of the Force towards him, making him see the aching of his body in a new, inconsequential light. But the tendril faded, and suddenly, inexplicably, he was looking up at the ceiling from the flat of his back. Well done, Padawan Kenobi, Ben said quietly, offering a hand to help him sit up. Breathing heavily, Obi-Wan took it and groaned his way into a sitting position. Now, in view of his surroundings, Obi-Wan realized with some surprise that he appeared to have been the last one standing. Following a gesture from Ben, the other Padawans assembled into the center of the dojo once more, tired and drooping, some still panting from exhaustion. Obi-Wan remained seated, and more than one of his peers cast him impressed glances. You all right, Obi? Here. Garen handed his friend a cup of water, and Obi-Wan thanked him breathlessly, downing it in one. After the apprentices settled, Ben commanded attention at the head of the group. You have long learned that Cerezo is a form of defense. Many of you doubtless wish to study other forms with more offensive capabilities, a choice that is between you, the Force, and your master. However, all Jedi would do well to remember that Form 3 is also the form of endurance. And whether you are fighting a Nimwan or Ataru, he cast a glance at Obi-Wan, whether you are piloting a starship, a look at Garen, 
or crossing an inhospitable planet on foot, endurance is an integral part of the Jedi way. So whether you choose to study Surisu or any other form, remember this kata and how I taught you your limits. He cast his eyes about the room and let them rest on Grand Kalar, who was hanging his head in embarrassment for being the weakest of their number. And know that the only limits you take from this exercise are those which you set for yourself. This kata has illuminated your physical weakness, but the Force is a great ally. Armed with his knowledge and your discipline, you may yet surpass yourself. He bowed a short dip of finality to the group. May the Force be with you all. The lesson was well earned, and they were dismissed. Surpass Obi-Wan, maybe? teased the Twi'lek Padawan Aaron with a good-natured smile. A few other chuckled at this and nodded as they passed. What's that supposed to mean? Obi-Wan wondered aloud as he struggled to his feet. Garen scoffed. Oh, come on, Obi. Even you aren't that humble. Obi-Wan shrugged, wiping a sleeve over his sweaty face. So I was the last one. So what? Wasn't by much, anyway. Still fell on my arse. When he drew his sleeve away from his face, Garen was staring at him oddly. He frowned. What? Obi, you do know that the last three cartas were just you, right? Obi-Wan blinked at him. What? He'd had his eyes closed the whole time. The last three repetitions. You were the only one. Obi-Wan blinked again. The only? Really? Not knowing what to say, Obi-Wan paused for several long beats before saying lamely, Oh. Garen laughed and shook his head. That's so like you, Kenobi. He gave his friend a slap on the back. Now for force's sake, let's find some food. Ben watched them leave the dojo side by side. A strange sensation was blooming in his chest, growing somewhere between pride and self-deprecation. Is it odd? May's window asked from behind. Ben turned to look at the Koran master. He really did enjoy sneaking up on people, Ben thought. Teaching yourself? Ben considered this and shrugged. It is far odder to think of him as being me than anything, he admitted at length. I hardly remember being so young. But yes, I suppose in many ways it is odd. He will not be like me. A shame, May said, and for a split second Ben thought he meant it in earnest. I could have done with two time-traveling sages cold-shouldering the council about now. Ben gave the taller man a withering look, which was reciprocated by a challenge of, tell me I'm wrong. Ben could not pick up the gauntlet, so he sighed. I cannot reveal the future to the council when I am unsure that the future will even come to pass. Has anything led you to believe it won't? On the contrary. Then why will you not warn us? I cannot meddle with time lightly. The less involved at this point, the better. The council does not deal lightly with anything, as your own alibi at being alive is a testament. Both Jedi took deep breaths and sighed. Mace shook his head. I will not argue with you now. I've come on other business. And what other business of mine is there to you, Master Windu? Ben had no way of admitting it to anyone who would understand, but he missed his old camaraderie with Mace. Interacting with the Master of the Order was profoundly different than interacting with the friend he'd once known. And more annoying. Plenty more every day, as it seems. Master Yoda seems to think that you're being wasted here at the temple. Despite my severe misgivings, the Council has decided to send you out on a diplomatic assignment. Ben turned to face Mace fully. A mission? he asked, genuinely surprised. Stars? he exclaimed, propping his arms akimbo, eyes wandering to space and thought. 
You know, I haven't been on a proper mission in ages. I'm sure to ruin everything. He was used to this, downplaying his own abilities. He was not used to his friends agreeing with him. That's what I said. May strolled and ignored the small flare of hurt that this elicited. But Master Yoda believes that it will give you time to mull over your thoughts on the future of the galaxy while in the galaxy. Seems to think you've been lazing too much. Ben snorted. May frowned, not understanding the joke. If memory serves, this is your overly official way of summoning me for a briefing, is it not? Of sorts. You can decline, if you'd like. Mace wanted him to decline, but Ben felt that it may be time to dust off the negotiator's mantle. Not for the world, Master Windu, Ben smiled. I look forward to it. Leaving? Obi-Wan was either disappointed or severely envious. It was hard to tell the difference. Where are you going? I'm unsure as of yet, but they've warned me I'll leave shortly after the briefing, so this seems as good a time as any. He tapped the Wuxia plant's blue ceramic pot affectionately. Swarm plants are quite high-maintenance fellows. We shall look after it as if it's our own, Qui-Gon said solemnly, taking the greenery from Ben's arms and placing it next to his own collection on the window ledge. Obi-Wan glanced at it in stern apprehension, as if one day one of the plants would finally replace him as Qui-Gon's most beloved charge. Ben fought back a smile at the thought. I was beginning to wonder if they would put you on active duty. Qui-Gon admitted as he came around the table to pour tea. Really? Ben was surprised to hear it. I'm shocked they considered it at all. I'm terribly out of practice. The unspoken, but why, drifted between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, but neither said anything aloud. Being out in the field again will be very odd. And it's unlikely they will send you alone. Oh no, I wouldn't want them to, Ben agreed, sipping at his tea. I'm quite fond of working with a partner. Oh? I was, anyway. Ben shrugged, thinking back to his lonely existence on Tatooine and quickly shoving the memories back again. It makes for better company, that's for sure. Qui-Gon, Anakin, Ahsoka, even Quinlan. He'd never worked alone. He'd only died alone. I shall never decry company. Unless they ask for their fortune. Qui-Gon prodded the beast. Ben glared. Was everyone after him today? With an opinionated lecture on temporal meddling forming on his tongue, Ben opened his mouth. Mercifully, his comlink burst at that exact moment. He let out his breath and answered, Ben Kenobi? Master Kenobi, the council expects you in fifteen standard minutes. The protocol droid burbled at him. Understood. Thank you. He put the comlink away. Cutting it a bit close, don't you think? Teased Qui-Gon as Ben rose from his seat to leave. I learned from the very best. The master quipped back, which made Obi-Wan choke on his tea. May the force be with you, master. Obi-Wan? Ben winked. May the force be with you, the pair echoed, Obi-Wan while still choking. It had been a long time since Ben had attended a council meeting. It had been an even longer time since he'd attended a council briefing where he wasn't expected to sit as a councillor. As he stepped into the chamber, he had to check himself so that he didn't take another step towards the seat he'd called his own for so many years. It was Master Saisi's seat now, just there, between Ki-Adi and Yarl. Despite himself, he smiled. He had never aspired to be in the council, but in some ways he missed it. He'd missed everything about the Order. All of this. There was another Jedi standing in the center of the room. A Togruta, standing tall and regal, blue and white montrails shining like a crown in the midday light. She was a young knight, by the looks of it. She turned her head to look at Ben when he appeared. You're running late. Mace Window accused, fingers steepled in a disapproving triangle. 
Ben smiled cheerily at him. I was in fact walking late, Master Windu. Deepest apologies. Saisi Tin ducked his head to hide his smile, and Mace glared. The knight beside Ben glanced at him in a mixed air of humor and horror. Master Yoda interrupted the joke by clearing his throat. <coughs> Master Ben Kenobi, Knight Alaradan, the Grand Master said with gravitas. Thus introduced, the two Jedi shared a glance and bowed. A joint assignment the Council has for you. Negotiations for the transfer of Rylothian refugees to the Republic Corps. Refugees? Alara asked, standing straighter now. Has Ryloth been attacked, Master? Attacked? No. A harsh world, Ryloth is. Destroyed by heat storms, a great city has been. Homeless in the midrim, thousands of Twi'lek are. Mace Window folded his hands into his sleeves and explained. Many of the city residents were killed in the storm. However, with a salvaged fleet, 80,000 of them were able to make it as far as the Herdessa system. Herdessa? Ben broke in, head coming up in recognition. On the Corellian run? Is that not near the Arcanist Hector? Yes, May said, surprise evident in his voice. You know the area, Master Kenobi? Know it? Yes, he said, as mildly as he could. Yes, I'm quite familiar. Such knowledge will benefit the negotiations, I am sure, Kiadi put in. You have been tasked with securing safe passage for the Rylothian refugees from the planet Herdessa to resettlement facilities here in the Corps. Has the Senate sent a representative to accompany us? Alara asked. Master Windu shook his head. No. The Senate has already finalized a budget for a four-year resettlement program. It is the accommodations for the refugees that are still under negotiations. The Chancellor has requested Jedi intervention due to the precarious nature of proceedings. The Republic has petitioned five core worlds of capable means to accept the refugees. However, only two of the worlds volunteered. The other three were coerced into the agreement by the Senate. The Jedi Council and the Chancellor share concerns that, should the five systems not all be satisfied with the arrangements, the refugees could be placed in undue danger upon their arrival in the Corps. Your job is to make sure that these worlds not only uphold their promises of sanctuary, but accept a reasonable number of the refugees, so as not to overburden the other worlds. Ben nodded slowly. Greed and obstinance were, as always, familiar territory. With a look reeking of disdain, he asked, By any remote chance, does one of these reluctant hero worlds happen to be Kuat? An apt deduction, Master Kenobi, replied Adi Gallia. I'm afraid Kuat was the instigator for the resistance to the proposal. The Kuati gave a very vocal opposition in the Senate and have convinced Alzalka and Fedal to follow their example. Ben made his sigh sound as mild as he could muster. And by an even more remote chance, does Damaira Thane still happen to represent Kuat in the Senate? Mace raised an eyebrow high in warning. If by still you mean after her election three months ago, then yes, Master Kenobi. Ben glanced downward. It was hard enough to remember the political goings-on of an entire galaxy. Remembering the political goings-on of an entire galaxy as it had been forty years ago was damn near impossible. He really ought to be more careful. Of course, Master. You have encountered Senator Thane before, Master Kenobi? Alara asked, glancing to her new companion. Many years ago, he explained, and then with a glance at Master Windu, added, before she ran for office. A sharp-tongued demagogue, if memory serves. Hmm, quite. Master Yoda agreed, a mischievous glint in his eye. The reason why I appoint you to this mission, we did, Master Kenobi. Fighting fire with fire, we must. 
which earned a chagrined look from the council's appointed firefighter. Learn much from Master Kenobi, you will, Night Dawn. Perhaps too much? Yoda chuckled at his own wit. The newly minted team glanced at each other, neither quite sure of what they saw. If there are no more questions, masters? Mace asked. Kenobi and Dawn glanced at each other, and then back to Mace, silent. The master of the order nodded. I have uploaded the full dossier to your onboard data bank, as well as your data pads. Your ship is waiting for you in Dock 7. May the Force be with you. It was the most surreal thing in the galaxy to be going out in the field once again. Outside the temple, in the wide, wide galaxy. Before the war. Before the Sith. Before the Purge. Before everything. It was, in shortest of terms, terrifying. Ben hadn't been expecting that. Perhaps it was the will of the Force, then, that he ran into Qui-Gon Jinn before he reconvened with Alara at Dock 7. And here I thought they'd ship you off as soon as they were done scolding you for tardiness. The long-haired master smiled as he crossed the mezzanine to fall into step alongside the ginger-haired Jedi. They did, actually. I'm on my way to the hangar now to meet my mission partner. Alara Dan. Do you know her? Ah, Qui-Gon's brows raised. An old prodigy of Master Tarelius, I believe. When Ben's face remained a blank slate of non-recognition, he added, I don't suppose you ever knew him. He died about two years ago. Oh, Ben frowned. I'm sorry to hear that. There was nothing else to say on the matter. Where are you headed? Qui-Gon asked instead. A diplomatic squabble. Apparently the Council thinks I'll make myself obnoxious enough to force core world politicians to get along. His eyebrows twitched in chagrin. They're probably right. Qui-Gon couldn't help but chuckle at that. The past weeks had seen an unusual relationship sprouting between the two of them, fostered over tea and long walks between duties. It wasn't quite camaraderie, and it wasn't quite friendship. But it was important, so they tended it as best they could, like a high-maintenance plant. I would expect nothing less of a Kenobi. Ben smiled along with him. I should hope not. Where are you headed, then? Out along the Corellian Run, near the Rim. The Herdessa Sector. Qui-Gon pondered this. You know, I don't believe I've been out that way for any length of time, he admitted. Have you? Huh. <laughs> the question itself was pure irony. Oh, yes, Ben replied, age coming through in his voice and his smile. Yes, quite a length of time. Herdessa isn't home, but it's close. Close and tempting. It is very close. Qui-Gon did not understand what he meant, and he did not ask, but he didn't need to. He was watching Ben carefully, the way lines stretched his face, how the invisible corks were turning, tumbling as though Ben's mind was behind a curtain. They did not share a mental bond as Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon did, but the master could still decipher the emotions rolling off his former student as a well-worth scriptologist. I hope you find what you're looking for, Master Kenobi, he said encouragingly, and stopped so that Ben was a few feet away when he turned to look back, surprised by the guess. Qui-Gon bowed slightly. May the force be with you, Ben. Ben's smile was heartfelt. They both knew that his roots with Qui-Gon ran far deeper than the reverse, but then they both also knew that even young roots could grow strong with care. And also with you, Master, Ben said and bowed. He diverged towards the hangar bay with a fresh sense of calm. When Qui-Gon returned to his quarters that evening, he found Obi-Wan strewn across the kitchen table, slaving over remedial astronavigation problems with a mood closely analogous to chilled molasses. He maneuvered around a demotivated limb or two and began tending to his plants. Pop quiz, he announced, which elicited a rotten scowl from his apprentice. 
If you were to travel down the Corellian run to the Hadessa sector and cross over into the outer rim, which systems would you find in your most immediate vicinity? Obi-Wan thought on this, willing himself not to consult his maps. He was meant to be memorizing all of this tepid minutia, after all. Um, Severine and Arcanus, I think? He allowed himself a peek. Yes, Severine first and then Arcanus, which is more populous. He hardly saw how this mattered. What do you ask, Master? Oh, no reason, Qui-Gon said, gently lifting the leaves of Ben's wuxia plant to water it. Merely trying to dust off my memory. How are your studies coming along? Obi-Wan sighed heavily in reply, which needed no elaboration. Qui-Gon chuckled, secretly glad that he no longer had to pass exams. He gave Obi-Wan's braid a flick as he passed. Patience, Padawan. Yes, Master. While Qui-Gon sequestered himself to his bedchamber for a quiet evening in, no doubt reading or meditating or doing literally anything less obnoxious than memorizing Sith-stamped astronavigation charts, Obi-Wan poured over his homework. In keeping with his congealed mood, he was putting off the task at hand by any and all means possible. Presently, he was avoiding the unintelligible tangled route maps of hut space by lingering in the Corellian run into the Arcana sector. It was a far busier sector than he would have expected for this part of the rim. What was even out there? Milarian, Pa'ai, Austan, Utarun, Tatooine. But what had ever come out of those places? With another great sigh, Obi-Wan propped his face against his hand and mustered focus once more. The navigational horrors of hot space awaited him.